Welcome to the Nation's Blind Podcast, coming to you from the headquarters of the National Federation of the Blind in Baltimore. Hello, everybody. You are listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast, brought to you tonight from the 50th Annual Convention of the National Federation of the Blind of Maryland. My name is Danielle Trevino, sitting here with... Anil Lewis. Hi, Anil. Still in the banquet hall. Still in the banquet yeah, hall. Yeah, it's been an awesome convention it's here like at the NFB of Maryland. No, it's not two in the morning. <laughs> well, somewhere it is, but not quite here. I'm wearing heels, yeah. so it's, my feet think it's actually 436. But you look so lovely. Well, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. It's been a great convention. We have still have Sunday's program to go, it's but true. man, oh man, oh man. It's true. I'm actually going to miss Sunday's programming. Well, that's unfortunate. Why are you going to be missing um, the uh, Sunday program? I'm moving, Anil. Moving like moving to the left, to the left? No, like not, not, what is that, cha-cha slide? No, oh, oh my goodness. All right, yeah, yeah, okay. And I thought, I was old school. Yeah. It is the 50th. You missed that one, though. I yeah, did, yeah. no, that's very Beyonce. So back to this moving thing, where are you I'm, moving? I'm moving to Texas. Why are you moving to Texas? I'm moving to Texas um, to be closer to my family and okay. to um, starting a new job down there. Okay, okay. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So we're, we're losing our social media diva at the National Center. Yes. And you're moving to Texas. I am. All right. Now tell me what I need to hear. Moving you, to Texas, but. But I will still be. I will still be hanging around the Federation. Hanging all around. The time. Oh yeah. No, like, I want more. I'm gonna be in your hair all the time. Okay. Be like, what can What can I do? What can I, I do? I want what more. Do? What can I do? I'm I gonna be more. around. I'm gonna be involved. Gonna be active. I'm gonna be active. All right. Gonna be shaking some stuff up. Yeah, man. Getting into some good trouble. Yes, sir. All right. Excellent. Excellent. If I hear anything less, I'm gonna come down to Texas. Are you? Will but not you? as far as you. I'm just coming to Austin. Really good music. <laughs> come to really Texoma? good food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Texoma just well, to be like, I'm in Texas. Is that No, Austin, Texas. That's the place to be. Austin is yeah. pretty happening. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so, so I just this is kind of bittersweet. Yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. still going to work this out and figure out how we can make sure that we you know, things flow the way they should flow. For sure. Yeah. But so. I wanted to thank you for all these wonderful uh, episodes of the show that we've recorded. Well, that's all on you. You don't have to thank me. I, I thank you. I think it's the brainchild that you brought to the Federation. I think that your energy and spirit has been what's made it grow so powerfully. And we got to make sure that we keep you active in this podcast as you're going to be active in the Federation. I sure will. Okay. Sure Excellent. Will. Well, we'll see what we'll do with the rest of this show. This will be the test balloon without the expertise <laughs> of our social media diva. Well, no, no. Can I keep my sash? I meant to ask you. Well, the sash, but um, the tiara's going to have to stay. Oh. Yeah, because Chris, Chris may want to wear that. Oh, no, but you look you know? good in <laughs> <laughs> No, See, I knew you were going to do that, so I put, put that tiara on somebody else's head. No, no, no. <laughs> No, no, I'm, I'm definitely old school. Old school guys just don't wear tiaras. Okay, well, yeah. well, we'll work. Well, this gives us a great opportunity to talk in a real way about membership, what it means to be a member of the Federation, and the fact that everything that happens around the NFB is not just the National Center. It's about our membership outside, within our affiliates, etc. And I'm going to be happy to make sure that um, I stay active myself here and make sure that you stay active in Texas. Yes, sir. And we'll make sure everybody recognizes that it's a true family that's not confined within the buildings of the Journey Institute. I agree. That's a great strategy. Well, I love you. And, I love uh, you. I'm not going to miss you because you're still going to be around. Oh, yeah. But I'm no, going to miss you because you're not around. Aw. You understand? I do. Okay, good. Thank you. All right, sweetheart. Be All successful. Right. Thank you. All right, I'm going to cry. And, uh, okay, we're so we're going to cut it here. Yeah. Yeah, all right, so I guess we should do this something else. We should. Yeah, we'll plug it in later. All right. <laughs> all right. Bye, sweetheart. Bye. 
My name is Danielle Trevino, and you are listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast. Yep, that's Danielle Trevino, ladies and gentlemen. She's off to our NFB of Texas, and hopefully we'll be able to continue to take advantage of her talent to continue to build the Federation. Uh, Absolutely. You know, she's going to do great things in Texas. But, you know, as Jaws says when it sees the emoji loud crying face, you know, that she's leaving. But, of course, she'll still be involved. Oh, there you go. Uh Uh-oh. Well, I'm glad that you're able to pick up where she left off because emoji is not in my old school Ah, uh, dictionary. So, good. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, just in case you don't recognize that voice, this is Mr. Chris Danielson, our director of public relations. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, hi. You seemed like you were about to say something. Well, I, 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 was, just, I was just tagging off of uh, your compliments to Danielle. Okay, so, excellent. You know, excellent. That's well, all. We've we got to keep this train a-moving. That is right. And yeah. so I am here uh, as I am, and uh, I'm going to do the news like I usually do, and then I'm going to try to fill Danielle's shoes through the rest of the podcast. And it's going to be interesting to see how you look in heels. That's I, really I know, awesome. I know. Oh. I don't think that's going to work at okay, all, okay. actually. But um, <laughs> but like we said, you know, we have a tiara for you. So A tiara? No, I, I, I think that's an even worse idea okay. than the right. heels, right. actually. Just, just checking. A crown, however, would be lovely. <laughs> you know? Heavy as the head that wears the crown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's hear the news. So the news is, after a, a very long time waiting, uh, people will remember that we got a law passed uh, way back in 2010 called the Pedestrian Safety Enhancement Act. And what the Pedestrian Safety Enhancement Act did was to require that hybrid and electric vehicles, which are very quiet. Yeah. Now, are we using quiet cars or silent cars? I always forget. Are they? Uh, I think we're using quiet, quiet or cars. sometimes we say silent or near the silent. silent killers. Yes, okay. exactly. Yeah. But anyway, so the law required that, uh, that they have to make a certain level of sound, and it was left up to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, otherwise affectionately known as NHTSA, mm-hmm. to craft regulations as to the technical specifications for that sound. Well, finally, on uh, November the 14th of 2016, those regulations have finally come out. Look at that, the lightning speed of bureaucracy, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's been a long, hard haul, but apparently they finally got a, a technical specification together, and it has been released, and our government affairs folks, of course, are still studying it to make sure that we understand and feel good about everything that's in it, but it is out there. And so now the clock starts ticking to when manufacturers have to actually start complying with it. Yeah, and that's really cool. I mean, I joke about it, but it's so interesting. There's more and more of these hybrid cars that are out there. I was walking through a parking lot just the other day, and there was a car basically backing out of a parking space, and it it hit me before I even realized that it was moving. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Well, not hit me like, you know, knocked me out, but it, it bumped against me, but I didn't even hear the car. Right, right. And that, you know, I talk to sighted people, and that happens to them, too. They mm-hmm. either hit or nearly hit by these vehicles, particularly when, you know, NHTSA identified certain scenarios, low-speed scenarios, where this is likely to happen. And one of them was when a car is backing out of a parking space or mm-hmm. a driveway 
uh, or ma- making a turn or, or doing other low speed maneuvers. So yeah. it really is uh, it really is a a problem, not just for the blind, but for other pedestrians and also for cyclists. Yeah. Um, and so we're glad to see that uh, the law is finally going to be implemented. Absolutely. So that's big news. Um, I also wanted to mention that uh, as of November 15th, we are accepting nominations and applications for the 2017 Dr. Jacob Balotin Awards. Right, the blind doctor. Yes, exactly. For those of you who don't know, Dr. Jacob Balotin was a blind doctor in Chicago in the early part of the 20th century. And uh, we have an award named after him because a bequest was made to us by his niece-in-law, a lady named Rosalind Perlman, and she wanted uh, to to have an award established in his name, and she wanted it to be administered by an organization that believed that blind people should be uh, equal participants in society, as Dr. Balotin believed. And the National Federation of the Blind definitely believes that blind people should be equals in society. Absolutely. If there are individuals out there who are not familiar with Dr. Balotin, there's a wonderful book uh, about his life story. Absolutely, and it's called... uh, I forget what it's called. I think it's just called the blind. The doctor. blind doctor, I believe. So, yeah. right, but uh, but anyway, yeah, it, it's really uh, compelling reading. It's uh, it's on uh, NLS Bard for those who use that, and I, th- I think we may still have some in our independence market. I'm we can sure. always ask. Right, yeah. right, exactly. So, um, really compelling story, and so we we give uh, these awards to individuals and organizations that are really doing outstanding things that are going to help blind people live the lives we want. Um, and that is uh, because because it's consistent with Dr. Balotin and with us. He uh, he died, unfortunately, in, 20, in 1924. He was only 36 years old. Wow. Uh, if he had lived for 16 more years, I'm sure he would have been a federationist. Absolutely. Um, so... Uh, anyway, so th- the Dr. Balotin Awards, if you know of a worthy candidate, uh, then you should definitely get on our website and find the Balotin Award uh, webpage and consider making a nomination. And these awards, of course, are given out at the convention yeah. each year. And it's not just recognition. There's cash money associated yes, with it. Yes, there is. Yeah. Yes, yeah. indeed. And uh some of the past winners. I mean, just this past summer, we had uh, we had the biblical scholars that that did the uh, the Braille code for um, for uh, was it Hebrew Hebrew and yeah. other ancient languages that that were never written in Braille, so there weren't Braille codes for them. So that was a really incredible achievement. We had uh, yeah back then it wasn't Braille; it was just stone tablets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And of course, we had. Um, we had uh, our buddies at Oscar and Klaus Publishing, you know, mm-hmm. who write the book about the books about the blind cat and his buddy. Yeah. And Individuals that have developed innovative technologies. Right, yeah. right, right. Like, uh, you know, we gave Apple an award one time. We gave, Certainly. We gave, uh, and the innovative technology this year was, was Voice Dream Reader, yeah. actually. Wonderful, wonderful application. So if you guys have some entities, individuals out there that are doing some really creative, innovative, forward-thinking things and you feel they should be recognized, and supported by the National Federation of the Blind, please submit those applications. Absolutely, please, please do that. Um, we always, we always want to 
acknowledge those who uh, who are, are really making a difference in the lives of, of blind people as as we are. Excellent. So is that the news? Uh, that is the news. Now, okay. of, of course, there there was an election also. Uh, people may have noticed that we that we an had election, a election an election for president. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard about this. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I seem to remember vaguely hearing something. About yeah. It. Yeah. That, I love it. We're still testing this experiment called democracy. And uh, we are definitely committed as the National Federation of the Blind to make sure that blind people are able to participate. We were definitely instrumental in making sure that blind people can cast an independent and private ballot. And we have been proactively ensuring that and enforcing that right. Uh, But in line with that, we're also looking at some other opportunities uh, to make sure that that right is enforced. But you know what? Before we pivot to the next section, I think it will be important to recognize those individuals that have really, truly made the sacrifice that we do have that that right to vote, and that's our veterans. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Veterans Day was this month, and and really we should be celebrating our veterans always. Absolutely. Now, Uh, you come from a military family, don't you? I do. I do. So so, uh, our veterans are very important to me. Uh, and, of course, we have in the Federation the National Association of Blind Veterans, mm-hmm. So, uh, and we're very committed uh, to, uh, to celebrating our veterans. We always celebrate the veterans at the convention, uh, and that's really important. And you're right. Uh, these are the men and women who protect our freedoms, and among those freedoms is the freedom to vote. Absolutely. So they definitely uh, are owed our, our eternal gratitude and our respect. And when you, when you meet a veteran, please thank them for their service. Absolutely. And don't let their sacrifice be unappreciated. And the way that you can appreciate them is to make sure you go to the polls and vote. That's the only way we will truly remain a free uh, country. And again, the National Federation of the Blind is certainly committed to making sure that blind individuals are able to exercise that right. So, as I said, we've focused on making sure that it's possible through the technology, but it's only through the feedback that we get from voters that we're able to make sure that we continue to address any concerns that may be there. So we currently have a survey that's out post-election, and I think I'll let you and Luann Blake, who is our deputy director of the Jernigan Institute, who's responsible for a lot of our Help America Vote activities, explain exactly what's going on. Uh, We will certainly do that right after this break. You are listening to the Nation's Blind podcast, and we will be right back. Welcome back, everyone, to the Nation's Blind podcast. I am Chris Danielson, and I have with me uh, Luann Blake, who is the deputy director of the NFB Jernigan Institute. How are you doing, Luann? I'm good, Chris, and I'm happy to be with you here today. Well, thank you. We are happy to have you. And uh, so we wanted to invite you in because... 
people may have noticed that we had an election recently. I, I you know, in case people hadn't heard, I thought I'd mention that. Anyway, uh, so we had an election recently, and uh, the Federation is involved in elections, not not from a uh, partisan standpoint, but from the point of making sure that blind voters, whoever they uh, may prefer to vote for, uh, have the ability to vote privately and independently. So uh, around the election, I thought maybe you could talk to us a little bit about some of our programs around that. Yeah, so we have um, a grant um, from the Help Help America Vote Act that um, was authorized by the Help, Amer- Help America Vote Act, um, and the grant is... Uh, from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And under that grant, we work with election technology developers to make sure that the voting systems they're designing are accessible. Um, We work with election officials um, to help them uh, make sure that their election process is accessible, online voter registration, um, just the election process in general. Um, we also work with the state protection and advocacy um, agencies throughout the country, um, helping them to um, make make sure that the state uh, election process is accessible um, to to blind voters. Of course, we focus on blind voters. Um, and then um, finally, we, we do things to encourage um, uh, blind um, Americans to participate in, in the electro- election process and to vote. And so we, pro- we develop guides um, for um, blind voters. We did one recently for young voters because typically young voters um, participate at a lower rate than, than older voters. Um, we have our guides available in Spanish as well. So um, so those are some of the things. Um, on election day, we had an election hotline um, that blind voters could um, call us if they encountered any problems at the polls. So um, we could... Um, Work with them to, um, you know, get overcome those barriers. If the poll workers didn't know how to uh, set up or operate the voting machine, um, as an example, I I helped uh, one poll worker find where the power switch power button was on well, one of the pretty, voting machines. <laughs> that's pretty basic. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, but uh, it happens. Um, so those are just some examples of some of the things that we do under our Help America Vote Act grant. Right. And just just in case, uh, you know, new listeners or listeners who haven't been around the Federation very much and around uh, this type of policy, uh, just explain why that's important. In other words, what does the Help America Vote Act require with respect to to blind voters? Yeah. So the Help America Vote Act requires that for all federal elections, there be at least one accessible voting machine in every polling place. And a number of states have also extended that protection to state and local elections as well. So we have HAVA, and of course, um, also under Title II of the ADA, um, uh, that requires an accessible um, voting as well. So, so for example, uh, just because we're uh, just because our NFB Jernigan Institute in Maryland, what does HAVA implementation look like in Maryland? What hap- what it what happens or what is supposed to happen? <laughs> when a blind voter goes to the polls. Yeah, so when a blind voter goes into the poll, um, uh, actually uh, here in Maryland, the poll workers are required to notify all voters that there be that there is an accessible way to, to cast their vote, but it's always 
<laughs> really important for a blind voter to to say that they want to use the accessible voting machine because poll workers, you know, frequently won't won't let them know that there's an accessible voting machine. So so when you get up to the polling place, when you check in, um, let the voters, you know, the poll workers know that you want to use the accessible voting machine. And so for every every precinct, um, we'll have one accessible, at least one accessible. Uh, voting machines to to mark your ballot with so when you show up okay and by accessible in the case of blind people in particular we mean oh sure yeah we'll mean that there's an audio ballot uh, component so the accessible voting technology that exists today um, primarily is to mark a paper ballot and so for lo- people with low vision there'll be a touch screen where you can enlarge the font um, you can also change the contrast, so you can have like a black background with white letters. And then there's also an audio ballot um, so that you can read through the ballot or listen to the ballot and then make your selections using a control pad with um, keys on it. So, and, and in the many states where that, that, that are still using paper ballots, what this essentially amount, amounts to then is a very sophisticated uh, pen or pencil that that uh, records your choices, not permanently, but just makes note of your choices and marks the ballot for you, essentially, yes. is what you have. Yep, that's correct. Okay, excellent. So, um, and and uh, did we get a lot of calls to the election hotline? Yeah, we um, we took uh, information from over thirty five voters. Um, those were voters who weren't able to, for whatever, for a variety of reasons, weren't able to vote privately and independently. Um, typically, that's uh, due to you know, poor poll worker training. Uh, they don't know how to set up or operate the voting machine. So when the blind voter shows up there, they say, well, sorry, we can't help you. Um, sometimes, the, sometimes the machine actually does not work. Um, and um, so we, we got you know, 30, over 35 voters that we completed forms for. And then we had a number of calls um, where people actually had good experiences. And so they wanted to let us know that, too, which was great. So, but, uh, so we, we had probably somewhere in the, round, in the area 50, 50 calls. Oh, super, super. Well, that's great that people are, record, are reporting good experiences, too, mm-hmm. because, you know, that lets us know where the problems are and where they aren't. And I, I noticed when I was working the hotline, I mean, you know, blind voters like to talk about their their experience uh, when they're able to vote successfully, because it really is so liberating compared to what we were used to. And I know I've had that feeling myself. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, our right to vote privately and independently is no less fundamental than any other voter. So it's really important that when we do go to vote, um, that we do exercise that that right. And, um, you know, if there are any barriers that we uh, assert our rights, you know, be firm and be polite, but be polite about it. But just, you know, um, assert your right to vote privately and independently. And and nine times out of 10, the poll workers are able to to work out any problems. Um, And and if they aren't, we can direct people to resources that uh, in that 10% of cases, we can direct people to their board of elections or to ways that they can actually let uh, their state or, or an advocacy organization in their state know that there is that there is actually a problem. Yeah, that's correct. There is a, a complaint process that we really encourage or strongly encourage um, any any blind voter who was not able to vote privately and independently for whatever reason. 
um, to file a complaint either, it's usually with uh, the Secretary of State's office or the State Board of Elections, um, that, you know, that they were not able to vote privately and independently. And they can um, get assistance with filing that complaint from their um, state P&A agency. So, um, so it's, it's really important that, they, that these complaints be filed um, just to make sure that the state and the local boards are aware that there were a problem. And then that information also gets reported to the U.S. Department of Justice. And that's really important because the Department of Justice um, has enforcement power um, of HAVA. And it's really important for them, for the, you know, the Department of Justice to know that not only are physical barriers to polling places a problem, but um, a lack of accessible voting uh, equipment is, or, or, you know, uh, or the fact that there's poll worker training issues um, is also uh, a really um, important, uh, well, you know, a really right. a big problem. Right, right. It's a, it's an important thing for, mm-hmm. for DOJ to know so that they, they can uh, properly enforce the law. So if folks uh, didn't know about or didn't get a chance to call the hotline, can they still let us know about their voting experience, good or bad? Yeah, absolutely. We, we want to know what your experience was. And so we have um, two surveys, actually, that you can complete. And you can access both surveys through our, our homepage. Um, one survey is for voters who went to the polling place or um, and used an accessible voting machine to vote, um, or if you voted with assistance, or if you voted by an absentee, a paper absentee ballot that you received through the mail. The second survey that we've done, this is the second election that we've done this uh, survey for, is for voters who um, mark their ballot using a computer or a tablet. So they use some kind of an online or an HTML ballot to um, mark their ballot and then print it out and mail it in. Yeah, that's that's actually an option that uh, that I used this mm-hmm. election. We we do have it available in in Maryland. Not all states have it yet, uh, and I'm I'm sure we're doing things to encourage this as well. But uh, actually, have a a system where. You can, uh, it's not internet voting, but you go to a web page to mark your ballot, uh, you know, to select your your choices for the candidates and the uh, answers to voter questions that you want. And then you're able to print that ballot and, and mail it in as, as anyone else would with an absentee ballot. So mm-hmm. that's another system that's out there. Yeah, and that kind of a system um, enables a deaf-blind voter to vote privately and independently because there currently is no um, voting machine at a poll that you'll find at a polling place that enables um, or, or you know, enables a deaf-blind voter to vote privately and independently. And those systems are, those kind of systems are really great for, they're very convenient, they're easy to use, so you can, you know, mark your ballot when it's convenient for you, and then you just print it out and mail it in. And I, I use the Maryland system as well for this election, so yeah. it's, it's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, I found that it uh, works quite well. Mm-hmm. Well, Luann, thank you, and uh, we encourage everyone who who was able to vote in the election or wasn't able to vote privately and ind- independently to let us know what what the experience was for you. And we actually uh, will continue to have uh, information about the surveys available on our homepage. 
uh, for a while yet. Is there a, d- a deadline by which we want survey results? Yeah, there probably? is. Yes, we w- would like you to complete the surveys by November 29th, so two weeks from today, from Thursday, I believe. Yep. Okay, excellent. All right. Well, thank you, Luann, mm-hmm. and uh, we appreciate uh, knowing about uh, these efforts and encourage everybody to get involved and say what their experience was so that we Uh, Where improvement is needed, it uh, improves in elections going forward, and we also want to know about the successes. So uh, everybody, let us know what voting was like for you in 2016, in the 2016 presidential and general elections. And we'll be right back with more of the Nation's Blind podcast. Welcome back to the Nation's Blind podcast, and what a fun time I had, Anil, just talking to Luann about all we're doing to make sure that uh, that blind people have and exercise their right to vote. And I hope lots of people will go to our website and fill out the voter surveys, because that's how we're really going to know what kind of experiences you had, positive or negative and how we're going to make sure that things are even better for blind voters in the next election. Absolutely. Luann's a phenomenon in her own right. She does so much here for the Federation, and I get to work with her every day. She's like a right hand with all of the programming, and she is so passionate about the voting aspects of what we do. I mean, she's really been instrumental in keeping us alive in that space, working with the Disability Rights Network organizations who are dealing with the voting issues for other disabilities and making sure that the voice of the nation's blind is also part of that discussion. So I commend the work that she's doing and I'm very glad that she's on our team. Absolutely. Absolutely. She is uh, formidable. She really uh, she really fights hard for this stuff and because it's critically important. Um, And uh, so we uh, we uh, love Luann and we love the work that she does. And it was a privilege to have her on the podcast to talk about it. Well, look at that. I see you segueing with the privilege. That's a very good piece. I can pick up on that. Even me with my feeble mind can recognize <laughs> that you're doing this. And exactly right. I think now is a perfect time for us to talk about uh, what's going on over the holiday season, what the Federation is doing. And I believe you had the privilege of talking to our national president, Mark Riccobono. So let's take a moment for a presidential privilege. Welcome back to the Nation's Blind podcast. I am Chris Danielson, and I am here with the president of the National Federation of the Blind, Mark Riccobono. How are you doing, President Riccobono? I'm doing great. Thank you. Happy November. Yes, happy November. It's unbelievable to me that it's November already, and we're pretty much looking straight at the holidays. So, uh what do you what do you look forward to the most about the holidays? Well, you know, this this time of year is really a wonderful time of year. I think it helps keep us grounded in um the spirit of giving and being thankful, uh which of course is something that should extend through the entire year, but I I I look forward to uh the opportunities to to be reflective about the many great reasons that we have to be thankful in our lives and uh, providing some opportunities to um, share with others and express uh, appreciation for others. And, of course, the family time is, is always precious and uh, sharing memories but also making memories. Sure, absolutely. How how excited uh, do, do uh, your kids get about Christmas? Well, you know, they, they uh, like everybody else, uh, get get excited 
I think the challenge always is to keep them focused on um, the real intent of, of the holidays sure. rather than just the gifts. Right. But, of course, uh, we were all there once focused on the gifts. So <laughs> so it, it, it's fun. And uh, I think um, being able to give that element of uh, wonder and surprise and 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 finding interesting ways to to share uh, the importance of being thankful during this holiday season i i love uh, doing that with the kids because that that's what's really important so do the ricabonos have a a particular tradition around that uh or or any particular uh holiday traditions that uh that you could tell us about well you know um the thing that we try to do is um especially around the the gift giving time uh we try to get everybody settled and in one place so that we can all in, enjoy that experience together uh without distractions you know so often is so many distractions that you have uh screens in the way or other things <laughs> and i think it uh, we really try to make it a time where we just shut shut everything down and it's just about the family um the other tradition that i think is really fun is is the whole process of securing the tree and decorating the tree there's a lot of learning opportunities there but it's just kind of a fun experience to to share and to talk with each other now the kids don't always enjoy the decorating as much as you'd hope (laughs) (laughs) um and uh Trying to keep that fun and, and, and engaging uh, is is a challenge sometimes because you know the decorating can also be frustrating. I'm not sure how the lights get so tangled during the <laughs> 11 months that they're in storage, but um, I always the decorating is really fun. And then the final thing I'd say is uh, we, for a long time now, have the tradition of of making cut out cookies on Christmas Eve. Oh, neat. And, uh, you know, it's always a adventurous experience, especially when you have a two- or three- or four-year-old around. But it's just, again, a time to, to shut off from everything else and just focus on doing something together. And uh, that's, I think, what's important and probably something we all need to do more of during the rest of the year. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, having time together with our loved ones and making it really good quality time is is so important so um that's it sounds like you've got some great traditions around that and that's something we should all be focusing on uh for the holidays but but speaking of holidays and kids now i understand i have heard a rumor sir that that you have been in contact with a certain fellow up at the north pole who has asked for the help of the National Federation of the Blind again this year. That's absolutely true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so tell us about that. <laughs> uh, tell us about what uh, what uh, the jolly gentleman has asked us to do. Well, this is a longstanding uh, tradition, I guess, in the National Federation of the Blind now, going back to our immediate past president, Mark Maurer, who uh, started the development of a relationship with uh, Santa Claus, and uh, helping Santa Claus provide Braille letters to blind children. You know, Santa's a busy guy. He'd love to learn Braille, but uh, he's got a lot of responsibilities. And he figured, well, if he wasn't going to learn it, he would 
go to the people that know the most about it. And so for a number of years, we have had the joy of uh, helping Santa Claus provide Braille letters to blind children. Now, these are not children writing Braille letters to Santa, although many children do, I'm sure. Um, This is uh, Santa Claus helping it make making it possible for Santa Claus to provide Braille letters to blind children who are under the age of 10. And uh, I notice a lot of blind kids now look forward to this. I got a letter, hard copy letter in Braille from Gabby from New Mexico the uh, other day, and it asked me if I was working yet with Santa Claus on Christmas and a about 125 other questions, which I've now answered. <laughs> and in addition to the Braille letter from Santa Claus that we provide to families that request it, we provide a print letter so mom and dad um, know what Santa Claus has promised or not. And, uh, you know, Santa's very good about walking that line. Right. And we also provide, again, some activities, uh, some usually some tactile coloring materials and one year we provided a recipe that the family could use to to make cookies again trying to help facilitate some of that togetherness and it's a really fun thing to do and we've been doing it gosh i don't know how many years now but luckily santa claus keeps asking us right we we hopefully we're doing a good job because i'm sure santa would not ask if we weren't and uh it's nice that he's he's on board with uh, braille literacy as as well so. Yeah, I, I'm sure um, uh, that uh, there are many great uh, toys and, and gifts out there to be given. And we, I know we'd all like to see more of them have Braille incorporated into them. Uh, and, of course, in the National Federation of the Blind, we're always seeking those ways to um, promote different products that um, use Braille, incorporate Braille in in different ways. I know I'll be looking at the... Uh, 64-ounce games uh, website to see Ah, if there are any gifts that I might want to give some of my blind friends. I probably can't give any to my wife now that I've said it out loud. But, uh, (laughs) uh, you know, uh, having those uh, games out there that that incorporate Braille is fun, as well as the tools that incorporate Braille. Right. For those who don't know, and we don't want to, you know... uh, sound too shameless about giving a plug, but our, our friends at 64-Ounce Games have have adapted and created uh, adaptation kits for a lot of different card and board games and, and different games that uh, people play together, uh, families play together, or, or other groups of friends and so forth. And so... Well, I'm okay at giving them a shameless plug. Uh, yeah, sure. Our friends at 64-Ounce Games... Um, have been uh, great supporters of the National Federation of the Blind Braille Enrichment Academy, uh, providing uh, discounts and and things to help uh, integrate those games into what we do to teach Braille and make Braille fun. So uh, it's always great to uh, promote our partners, but they also do uh, great work and they're thinking about um, ways to get blind people into not just literacy, but but gaming, which of course is one of the functions we use to develop skills and have fun, so that's that's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So there you go, gift ideas. <laughs> the Nation's Blind Podcast gives you many things, including gift ideas. So yep. uh, get on the uh, NFB website and if you're a, a parent, particularly of a blind child, uh, to make sure that 
uh, uh, St. Nick can write a letter to your uh, blind child in Braille and uh, get in touch with 64-ounce games and uh, try to find other things that will really uh, enhance learning and literacy and, and good things uh, at Christmas uh, and, and in the holidays other than just sort of uh, straight-ahead naked consumerism. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly would also uh, uh, promote our National Federation of the Blind Independence Market as a place where you can get all sorts of nifty, nifty stuff all in one place. Uh, and uh, it Braille coins... Uh, even even some stuff that still is cool, although it's a little more dated. Our blind driver challenge polo shirts, which are still a a classic. Uh, oh, yeah. There's lots of other cool stuff out there, so I'd encourage you to check out our website. Well, as you well. know those those have a whole new life because we're getting closer to the day when there will actually be uh, more blind drivers. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So you've already done that yourself, of course, but uh, hopefully more of us will have the opportunity soon. Yeah. President Riccobono, thanks again for sharing your thoughts with us. It is always a privilege to do the presidential privilege with you. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I just have one question for you, which is um, how do you keep a turkey in suspense? Oh, I don't know. I have a feeling, but I'll let you answer that question. Ah, <laughs> so what exactly are you saying, President Riccobono? What exactly? Uh, happy Thanksgiving. Ha- happy happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Happy holidays, everybody. And we'll be right back with more of the Nation's Blind podcast. <laughs> I'm Gary Wonder, President of the National Federation of the Blind of Missouri, and you're listening to the Nation's Blind podcast. Welcome back to the Nation's Blind podcast, and it was, it, it is, and it was a privilege to talk with President Riccobono, even if he did call me a turkey. Okay. Uh, and speaking <laughs> of, or imply that I was a turkey anyway, and- uh, Well, you know, this is the season. If you want to be a turkey, this is the season. Well, maybe n- not. No, maybe yeah, not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the only animal that's not really enjoying this season of Thanksgiving. Yeah. This, if this you want to eat season. a turkey, on the other hand, it's a pretty good season. <laughs> season. So, uh, so what are you, to, so to close out, what are you, what are you thankful for, uh, well, Mr. Lewis? In all honesty, I'm, I'm thankful that we live in a country uh, where we can exercise the freedoms that we all enjoy and hopefully don't take it for granted. I'm very thankful that the National Federation of the Blind allows me as a blind person to enjoy those freedoms that I just really took for granted before I lost my sight. So uh, part of that is really why I'm so committed to this organization. It, it's uh, shamefully, purely selfish, no, not purely selfish, but very much a uh, manifestation of my acknowledgement of the, the, the need for this organization and, and the power that we have in order to affect social change that makes it possible for us to live the life we want. Absolutely. And I'm uh, like you. I'm so thankful that I have the privilege of being involved with the National Federation of the Blind and seeing the progress that we make every day. And we have made a lot. There's still a lot to be done. But one of the things to be thankful for, I think, at this time of year is for all the progress we have made. I mean, we we didn't have any blind voter who could vote privately and independently uh, even uh, 10 or 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't have uh, you know, we didn't have the all pedestrian of, safety, the pedestrian and safety, and of course, the hybrid we, vehicles weren't around. Then. Yeah, we didn't just have shows them. how you know we are contemporary with respect to our advocacy. Right, exactly. <laughs> so we're we're keeping up, 
Uh, we didn't have all the technology and yeah, technology has been amazing. You know, it really has, even mm-hmm. though there's a lot to be done on accessible technology. Right. What we are able to accomplish as blind people with technology is is very, uh, very amazing. Yeah, so. And we have to make sure we balance that with those fundamental skills, which I really love about the Federation. We recognize that we want to be able to take advantage of all of those innovative technologies that are being being developed, but we don't do that at the risk of losing those fundamental Braille skills, those fundamental independent travel skills that makes it so important for us when the batteries go dead, right? Yeah, right, and yeah. that's why we're thankful that uh, that Santa is helping us with uh, with Braille literacy or having us help him with Braille literacy. Absolutely. So. I think right now is appropriate in you as the branding person, probably familiar with this, but I love that the value statement says, I am filled with hope, energy, and love by participating in the National Federation of the Blind because my expectations are raised my contributions make a difference to myself and to others, and I can celebrate the accomplishments with my Federation family. And I love that, and it's true to who I am and how I feel, and I'm sure that's shared by many other members of this organization. And we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to know uh, what's going on with you, what are you thankful for, uh, what are you looking forward to in the coming year. We'd like to hear um, your comments, your thoughts, your dreams, your ambitions, so that we can share them with the rest of our community here. And our, our 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 announcer guy will give you all the details about that as we as we go out. No, I, I think I remember him because I was hurt. Let's see now. Are we you have a sure? Twitter. We have a Twitter handle that's at NFB underscore voice. Right. Uh, we're on Facebook at National Federation of the Blind. You're you're two you're two for two. Okay, I definitely remember the old school, which I prefer. Guys, please use the old school method. Four one zero six five nine. 9314. Our extension is 2444. And there is another uh, vehicle by which we can oh, email. Oh, come on, this is somewhat old school. I don't know the email address. The email address is podcast at nfb.org. Oh, wow. I should have known that. Yeah. And so you, I got, what, a 75 it. out of 100. Yeah, exactly. Okay. All, All right. right. Next year, I'm shooting for the gold. <laughs> All, right. All right, my friend. Make it won't that... be quite next year. Next month. Next right, year right, comes after that. Right. Exactly. So we will be back next month with another edition. And take us out, if you would, Anil. This has been the Nation's Blind Podcast. You can live the life you want. Blindness is not what holds you back. Thank you for listening to the Nation's Blind Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, send an email to podcast at nfb.org or leave us a voicemail at 410-659-9314, extension 2444. Also, don't forget to like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at nfb underscore voice. Check out the Nation's Blind channel on YouTube and visit us on the web at nfb.org. Until next time, remember, you can live the life you want. Blindness is not what holds you back.